Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. The uh, title of the series, what we're going to be resting on and spending our time on for the next few weeks, you know, um, however long that it goes, um, turn to your neighbor and say viewpoints. Viewpoints. That is the title of the series is viewpoints. And what it's about, it's all about your perspective. Um, the power of your perspective, because your perspective can either empower you or imprison you. That's how powerful your perspective is. It can either push you further or pull you back. It can either be the thing that hinders you or helps you. Uh, Your perspective is so powerful that two people can be looking at the same problem, but have two totally different views on it. And Nothing changed for the problem, but it's only their perspective. So your perspective is powerful. And I just want to tell you right now, I want to warn somebody right now, that there's a battle going on for your perspective. The enemy wants to attack our perspective because if he can get us to view things in a light that doesn't line up with the Word of God, then he doesn't even have to come against us because we're already defeated. Because we can't even see the promises of the purpose because of our perspective, because how we view things, how we perceive things, It's not through the lens that God wants us to have. Kind of a definition of perspective before we get into the sermon tonight. Um, I want to explain perspective like this. That your perspective is the lens that you view your life with. That's your perspective. Like if you go to a beautiful countryside with mountains in the back. If you go to Colorado, you won't find that in Texas. Except maybe in West Texas. But if you go somewhere beautiful in Colorado Mountains, you could have a, a beautiful scenery in front of you. But if you take a picture with a broken lens, it's not going to come out pretty. In the same way, we can view things that are beautiful and blessings in our life. But because of our perspective, we view ourselves as depressed, as defeated, and we view our lives as something that, that's not, and it has nothing to do with our life, has everything to do with our lens on how we view the things around us. Are y'all starting to understand the importance of your perspective? That it shouldn't be something that goes over our mind without us thinking about it? Because if you're not intentional about your perspective, it, it doesn't happen by designed and it's happened by defaults and culture and the world is going to determine your perspective see when we don't have the right perspective we could be living beautiful lives but be depressed on the inside we could be living the lives that others envy but because we have the wrong type of perspective uh, we think everybody is against us see the thief of joy is not our problems The thief of joy is our perspective. If we have the correct perspective in our lives, let me tell you, your life can be transformed not by you getting your problems removed, but by getting your perspective repaired and line up with the Word of God. I know it's a little quiet right now, but who's excited to talk about perspective? Might not be popular, but I'm telling you, if you get the correct perspective in your life, your life will be changed. And nothing around you has to change, but there's something on the inside of you. The lens, how you view your life will change. You're going to say, you know what? I am blessed. You know what? I am highly favored. You know what? I am a child of God. And nothing can change around you, but everything changes on the inside of you. And now all of a sudden you have a different perspective. But how do you change perspective? Before I get to that, let me um, tell you the 
the, the scripture that we're going to be gleaning off for the whole series. This is kind of the inspiration for the series, and it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, um, verse 16. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, it says this. Therefore, we do not lose hearts, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us far more in exceeding an internal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but are the things which are not seen. Everybody say not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Too long have we based our perspective on things that are temporary. Too long have we based our perspective on things that will perish at the end of time. Let us have a perspective that lines up with the eternal Father that we have in heaven. Let us have the type of perspective that isn't based on politics, that isn't based on things going around us, on the culture. Let us have a perspective that's based on the Word of God. Because what Paul is saying to the Corinthian church that say, if you base your perspective on the people around you, on the things around you, on the problems you have, which are all temporary, they're going to fade. If you do that, you're not going to live a life of faith. You're going to live a life of fear. Because everything you see is going to seem wrong. Everything you're going to see, you're going to think, oh, I'm defeated. I have everything against me. But if you live your life with a perspective that's eternal, you could be looking at problems that have been coming against your family for generations, but because you have a different perspective, now you know that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, and you'll be able to overcome things and break things and turn things around all because of a change in perspective. So how do you mend and strengthen your perspective? You change your perspective because... A lot of us, we, we might think we were born this way. But you change your perspective by being intentional with your thinking. You change by your perspective, not by being passive about it, by being proactive and saying, God, how can I think differently to line up my thoughts with the thoughts that you have given me, not what the world is telling me to have. If I change my perspective and if we are intentional about it, you will begin to see your perspective change. You begin to see joy return to your heart, and it won't have anything that's going on on the outside, everything that's going on in the inside. So that, that why, the reason why we're, we're talking about that, because each part of this series, we're going to end with a viewpoint. Everybody say viewpoint. We're going to end with a viewpoint that is based in the Word of God that you'll be able to base your perspective on a foundation in so that way by the end of this series maybe we can all have a transformed perspective on things and maybe we can begin to see the blessings in our life for what they are instead of seeing everything that we think is against us we're about we're going to see the things that are for us so by the end of the series we'll have a healthier perspective so we're going to begin part one of this series uh, by reading from second kings chapter six Verse 11, 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 11. All right, now that was just an intro. Now we're getting into it. All right, y'all ready? Now we're getting into it. Just a little context about the scripture is that the Syrian army is coming against Israel during this time. But because of the prayers of a man of God named Elisha, they were protected. 
Can I just say something real quickly? A praying church can protect a nation. Praying people can protect a nation. Let us never get to a point where we stop praying for our country. Let's never get to a point where we stop praying for our government because we're saying they're crazy right now. Let's never get to a point where we stop praying for people because we're saying they're, they're crazy right now. No, let us always know that if we are praying according to the will of God, that praying people can protect a nation, can prosper a nation. Let's always make sure that we are the church and do the, our responsibility, which is praying for our neighbors, praying for our government, praying for our nation. And I'm telling you right now that if the church does what the church does, we're going to see us prosper day after day. It doesn't matter what the enemy comes against us because, yeah, we live in a fallen world. But prayers is how we protect the nation, how the nation prospers. And so because of Elisha's prayers, because he was praying for Israel, God would give him insight to the plans of the Syrian army. He would tell them where they were going. God would tell um, Elisha uh, what their tactics were. And so Elisha would then communicate to the king of Israel. And then the king of Israel will then uh, adjust his armies and their plans according to what Elisha said. And so it seemed like what, no matter what the Syrian army did, Israel was one step ahead. And this, of course, uh, made the Syrian king very upset. So that's where we pick up in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 11. All right, y'all ready? All right, let's read. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. He called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king. But Elisha the prophet who is in Israel tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. Wow. So he said, Go and see where he is that I may send and get him. And it was told him, saying, Surely he is in Dothan. Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are far more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed. And said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. The title for tonight's message is The Battle for Perspective. The Battle for Perspective, because like I said, there's a battle going on right now for your perspective. And if we just give it to the enemy... It's already going to seem like we're in a losing battle. But if we give our perspective from our Father up in heaven, let me tell you something. There's not a battle where we're going to lose. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for gathering us tonight. We gather for no other reason other than grow closer to your son, God. We're, we're here for you. So let your will be done. We thank you for miracles, signs, and wonders taking place. For everybody here listening online or everybody under the sound of my voice, that God, we're going to go closer to your son, that we don't have to leave the same way as we walked in, that we can leave freer, God, that we can leave God with more peace, with more joy, Father, more lined up with your spirit. God, let everybody have an open heart and soft mind, God, to the ideas of the Holy Spirit, to the wisdom of you, God. Welcoming you in this place. Thank you, Jesus, for taking over. We love you so much, Jesus. And everybody says, 
Amen, amen, amen. Come on, give Jesus a hand clap in this place. So when back in the day before, you know, technology, before drones, before satellites, when a commander or a general was leading an army, there was always a fight for perspective. There was a fight to get what they wanted, which was a bird's eye view of the battle. So back in that, in that time when a general or commander was going into battle, he would go to a high place. So that way he could see the big picture of everything that was going on. So that way he could get the correct perspective of the battle. So that way he could see if he needs to send in reinforcements. That way the commander can see if his, if his army's being flanked or if they need to go forward. So that way he could get the correct perspective. And although the people on the front lines might feel like uh, seeing a different story of how the battle's going on, the, the generals and the commanders saw the correct perspective. So it didn't matter what the people on the front line were seeing, they trusted the commander's communication or plans or direction because they knew that he was seeing things that they didn't. They knew that the commander was seeing things that they could not see because of the perspective that he had. In the same way, God is the general and commander of our souls. He's the commander of our promise. He's the general of our purpose. And as much as those generals and commanders had a bird's eye view, let me say something, it was nothing compared to what God sees in our lives. He sees the beginning from the end. He sees the big picture that could ever be said. He sees how everything's going to work out. He has the perspective that you and I need. And there will be times in our lives that we will feel like we're outnumbered, outgunned, and outmatched. But from God's perspective, he sees the victory. And the same way that those generals communicated to the soldiers on the front line is the same way that God wants to communicate with us. He wants to give us insight. He wants to give us his perspective. He wants to give us how to adjust and what we should do and, and where we should go. He wants to give us direction. Is it this, let me just get this right now. Do you know that God wants to communicate with you? Like as much as you want to communicate with him, he wants to communicate with us so much more. Like as much as you want to hear from God, God wants to speak to you so much more. God doesn't... There's no problem too big for God. There's no problem too, too small for God. God doesn't look and say, oh, like, that's a problem that you need to handle on your own. Like, I have nothing to say about that. Like, God has something to say about everything in your life. He wants to communicate with you. And he has the correct perspective and position to see how everything's going to work out. So if there's ever anybody we should listen to, it should be God. Because he sees the big picture. And he wants to share those plans with us, just like how he shared the plans to Elisha, showing where you should go, the direction, and, 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 and how we could adjust. He wants to do the same thing with us. In 2 Kings 6.14, it said this. We'll read it again. This is after the Syrian army finds out about where Elisha is. And it says, therefore, he sent horses and chariots and a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded. Everybody say surrounded. surrounded. Surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding. Everybody say surrounding. Surrounding, surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, alas, my master, what shall we do? The city that they were in was called Dothan. And how that city landscape was is that that city was in the, min in the middle of a bunch of hills. And so when that army was surrounding them, it literally looked like there was no hope. 
It, it looked like there was no chance. It looked like they were outnumbered. It looked like there was no escape. And from that servant's limited perspective, from, from that servant's human perspective, the perspective that you and I have without God, from that perspective, he said there was no hope. There, 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 there's no reason to fight. We need to give up now. Like, we're outnumbered. We're outgunned. There's no way we get out of this alive. And it had seemed that the, 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 the numbers were too big for God. I mean, there, we, we will encounter places and times and situations in our lives. We will look at our problem, and it will seem that from our perspective that our problem is bigger than God. It will seem from our perspective that the numbers that is piling up on our debt, those numbers are way too big for God. It will seem like the illness that somebody has that we might have is way too serious for God. And we'll look for every other situation, any other side of help other than prayer because we say, look, from my perspective, God, this thing's bigger than you. There will be times in our lives that it will seem like our problems are bigger than God. Let me just encourage somebody tonight. Our God is greater than anything you can encounter. But the thing is, is that we have a problem with glorifying our issues far more than we do with glorifying our blessings. Like, we have a problem by pointing out everything that's wrong. Like, there'll be a hundred things right with our life, but we see that one thing that is wrong, and we will spend all of our time talking about what's wrong. And we won't even look at what is going right. We don't even look at the blessings of God. Like, no wonder we're so stressed out because all we talk about is deadlines and all we talk about is how this went wrong today and all we talk about, did you hear what so-and-so said? And we talk about all the negative things in our life and then we wonder why we're stressed out, why we're depressed. Then we wonder, why God, why is there no joy or peace in my life? It's because you're glorifying all the wrong things in your life. And God is looking at you and saying, what kind of perspective do you have right now? Like, I gave you breath, I gave you life, I saved you from an eternal death, and all I hear about is your coworker Judy, who talked bad about you? Like, what, what's your perspective right now? Like, there's some blessings, there's some power, there's some promises and purposes in your life at your fingertips, but you're looking at all the wrong things. You're glorifying all the wrong issues. When you have the wrong perspective, you always feel surrounded. When you have the wrong perspective on things, you always feel like you're surrounded. You feel like you're surrounded by your problems. There's no way out. You say, oh, you see what's going on right now? Oh, the, the, there's, there's no way we get out of this. You see, you see this? You see the pandemic? You see this? You see politics? Uh, you see this? You, you see the economy? Like, there's no way out of this, God. And because of our perspective, we feel surrounded. One of the, the things that I've heard said to me when, you know, I talk about perspective and I've heard people say, well, you know what? It's just my personality. Like, I'm, I'm pessimistic. It's just who I am. Like, you know, uh, I've always been, you know, a half-empty glass type of person. Like, that, that, you know, God created me that way. I'm just like, <laughs> like, do you know God? Like, he, you know. Like, I don't care what you were before Jesus. Jesus said that when I come to you, when I come on the inside of you, the old is dead and the new comes alive. I don't care if you're pessimistic. I don't care if your family was pessimistic. I don't care if you've been negative your whole life before Jesus. It doesn't matter. He can give you a renewal of your mind like this. 
and you will begin to become the most joy-filled, positive person that you know. You'll become that positive person that you get annoyed by. That's a re- what I realized by pessimistic people. Like, you just be talking about your day, like how things are going well, and they're just like, Ugh. Like, don't you realize we're, like, in a pandemic? Like, and you're talking about, like, something good. That, like, don't you see, like, things? Like, yes, I see that, but my perspective is that I serve a God that's in control. And I'm not going to let all these negative things remove that truth from my life. I'm not going to let all these problems take my eyes off what God wants for me. I'm not going to let my perspective do that to me. Let me say God does not desire us to think negatively. That's not God's desire for our life. It's not to to live every day looking like everything's against us, live every day seeing how all the things are wrong and, and, and being in such a mindset of saying, oh, if I just get through today, oh, I don't know if I can. Like, that's not God's will for our lives. Another thing that was funny is, you know, people are like, well, you know, they use another, another word. They say, well, you know what? God just has... He's given me discernment, so I see what everything's wrong. Like, I see all the wrong things that's going on, and that's just the gift of discernment in my life. Like, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's a gift. I'm like, it doesn't take a genius to see what's wrong. Like, it doesn't take a rocket science to see the flaws in people's lives. You're, you're not discernment. You're just judgeful. But people will begin to say, oh, I see, and I see everything that's wrong. Like, I feel like, I feel like, I, like, you know, I see all these things. Like, what if God gave you that critical thinking, not so you could judge people, not so that you could condemn people, but that so you could pray for them? Yeah. What if God gave you that so you could assist them, not attack them? Yeah. I mean, what if we lived in a world when we saw a flaw in somebody else, instead of pointing it out, we prayed for him and said, hey, how can I help you? How can I be here for you? How can I assist you? What if we stop bringing problems, we stop bringing solutions? Because look what the, what the servant said. He said, he's looking around, he feels surrounded, and he says, alas, my master, what shall we do? What can we do? What is there that we can do? There's no hope. Notice he didn't respond with faith. The servant didn't say, Hey, Elisha, there's an army surrounding us, but I've seen God do so many things for us. We've seen the dead come to life. We've seen miracles, signs, and wonders happen. This isn't too big for God. Uh, the, the servant is say that. The servant is say, hey, let's go out and meet him in battle because we can take him all. No, the, the servant, why when he saw it, fear took a hold of him. He didn't even think about faith. Because of his perspective, faith didn't even come to his mind. Point number one for tonight is that a pessimistic perspective will make faith seem pointless. A pessimistic perspective will make faith seem pointless. Some of us view problems in our life with such a pessimistic view that we don't even think about praying about them anymore. We don't even think about believing for big things anymore. We don't even think about that that God could be capable of turning everything around in an instant We don't even think about faith anymore because we're so pessimistic. We think there's no point of faith. It's pointless. There's no point of of believing for bigger and better things. It's not going to happen. 
And so without us even entering in the battlefield, we already lost. Because we think there's not even a point to try to win, to try to see what God can do better in our lives. See, there's a battle going on right now for our perspective. There's a battle going on right now for us to perceive things, not through the lens of faith, but through the lens of fear. There's a battle going on right now that the enemy is trying to take over our perspective because he knows that if I can get them to view things in a certain way, I don't even have to come against them. They'll surrender right away. I can just be like the Syrian army, just show up, and they will look around and not even think about faith. But because we view things with fear right away, we give up and say there's no point. God can't do it. And we just give up without us even stepping foot into the battlefield. We give up. We surrender. There's a battle going on right now for our perspective. Because the enemy knows that if he can just change how we perceive things, how we perceive our family, how we perceive our finances, how we perceive people, how we perceive the things around us. He knows that if he can get us to perceive perceive those things through a lens of fear, then the battle's already won for him. He doesn't even have, he doesn't even, like he's not, like if your perspective is through a lens of fear and you think that, like, you know, have you ever talked to the person who has that kind of perspective that everything's against them? Like, I hate to break it to you, but the enemy's not even worried about you. Like, that, th- those people are like, ah, oh, God's attack, or, or the devil's attacking me. <laughs> the enemy's attacking me. You know, this, the devil's this, man. Go, I can't do that because the enemy's going to tear me down. Let me tell you something right now. The enemy's not even thinking about you. You already have that lens of fear in your life. There's no point for him to waste any energy on you. He already knows that you're defeated before you even step up to the plate. That before you even think about taking that step into your purpose that God told you you were capable of, that promises, that before you can even start that business that God told you to start, like you have so much fear built up that you view things for, through fear for so long. Enemy's not worried about it. He knows you're no threat on the battlefield. That as soon as a problem comes your way, you just give up because we perceive things through fear. Do you all get that there's a battle for your perspective right now? Like if the enemy can just get you to view things with a fearful heart, can get you just to view things with, oh, God's not capable, I'm not capable. Things are going to, like, if the enemy can get you to have that kind of mindset, he doesn't even have to worry about you anymore. In verse 16, this is Elisha talking now. So he answered, do not fear. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, I want you all to catch this. Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. That's the prayer for tonight. God, open my eyes so that I can see things through the perspective that you want me to have. You see, the... The servant was seeing everything through his human perspective, through his perspective that, that we have without God. But, but Elisha said, open his eyes so that he may see. And it's not that the things around him are changing. The things, how he viewed things are changing. The prayer for tonight is, God, don't let my problems, don't let the, the opposition 
blind me from the promises of God. We can be so focused on our problems. We can be so focused on, on, on the things that are going on, the, all the fear, all the panic. We can be so focused on that that we're forgetting about all the good things, all the blessings in our life. We're forgetting about the family we have that God's given us. We're forgetting about the job that God's given us. We're forgetting about all these things. We're overlooking promises because we're focused on the problems. We're focused, we have the wrong perspective, and we're viewing everything's wrong, and then we see all these, and even though the army of God's around us, we can't see it. God, open our eyes. Open our eyes, God. Let us see things the way you want us to see things, God. The part of fully stepping into our identity, say, God, I want you to have everything. I want to have a renewal of my mind. Renew my thinking. Renew my perspective. God, I want to see things. I want to view things from a kingdom perspective. I don't want to look at things of how the world sees them. I want to look at things of of how the culture tells me. God, I want to see things how you see them. And you're going to see value sprout in your life. You're going to see fruit sprout in your life. You're going to see things in your life begin to change in a way that it wasn't that they transform on the outside. Some transform on the inside. And all the same things that you were complaining about, you're now praising God for. All the same things that you viewed as problematic. Now you're saying, God, thank you. I see the good things. Like, let me give you an example. Instead of looking at your spouse... Saying, well, she can do this better, she can do that better, she can do this better, da, 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 da. and like seeing all the wrong things. What if instead we flipped it and said, forget about the wrong, th- let me look at all the right things about this person, and you will look and take a step back and you see that the good outweighs the bad so much more. And then you'll be like, well, God, thank you for, like, I'm blessed, you know, <laughs> I, I, I thank you, God. Because now you have a different perspective and how you're perceiving things is different. Instead of everything being, what can I find that's wrong? You're saying, God, show me what's right in my life. The wrong things, I can't change anyways. I'm just going to thank you for the right things that are in my life. If you have that change of perspective, if you have that change in the lens you view life, you will begin to see the promises and the blessings that have been here the whole time. Continue verse 17. And it says, then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. I'm telling you, if you pray that prayer, say, God, open my eyes so I can see. God, open my eyes so I can perceive things the way you want me to perceive things. God will do it. Don't for a second think you're talking to dinner. You're talking to God when you pray that. God will do that. And what doesn't happen like that, we've got to be intentional about it. But you begin to see things and view things in a different light. And he said, The Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. He opened his eyes, and even though the problems were the same, the perspective was different. Even though the opposition did not change, Because he changed how he viewed things, he saw how much more was formed and against him. He began to say, you know what, I'm not outnumbered. Actually, I outnumbered them. You know what, things are not hopeless. You know what, the world isn't as crazy as I think. The world's been falling for a long time. No, I got a God who still sits on the throne. 
that I'm following after, and things might be wrong, but we're here to make things right. Can I tell you, as the kingdom of heaven, that here on earth, like, our job is not for us to, to just wait till we go to heaven. Like, our job is to say, whoo, can't wait till I leave this place. We're here to influence people. We're here to win people. We're here with our prayers, with our faith, with our belief to change the culture, to change the situations. That's why we're here. We're not here to sit on our hands and ride the roller coaster of life until we get to the end. We're here to influence people. We're here to change things. We're here to, when someone comes up to us, begin to say all the things that's wrong, all the things are bad. We say, you know what? We flip the script, begin to say, no, look at all the blessings in your life. Look at all the things that are good and great from God in your life. That's why we're here. So that servants look around, and although nothing changed, everything changed. Even though nothing changed around him. Everything changed on the inside of him. And now he doesn't feel hopeless. Now he doesn't feel lost. Now he doesn't feel depressed. Now he doesn't feel panic or fear or anxiety or depressed because of all the problems around him. No, now that he sees how big the God he serves is and the power that he has, now he knows he's on the winning side. Now he knows he has the advantage. Point two is that God's perspective gives us the advantage. God's perspective gives us the advantage. Let me explain. The same way how God's perspective gave Elisha the advantage is the same way how God's perspective will give us the advantage on the enemy. Because the enemy wants us to view that he is big, he is bad, he is great, that there is no way that you can come against him. That's what the enemy wants us to view him as. But God's perspective, we can look and say, no, he is defeated. He is beneath my feet. He has no power over me. I have the blood of Jesus covering me. My past doesn't have to say, the enemy doesn't have to say, no, my God is bigger. That is the perspective. That's the advantage. Because now we tap in to the grace of God, to the goodness of God. We can see without Jesus in our hearts, without Jesus and, and what he did for us on the cross, yeah, we would look up and say there's no hope. But now with Jesus, we have a different perspective. Now with Jesus, we have the advantage. Now with Jesus, we can say that the, the numbers are on our side. More is for us than against us. That having God on, on our side, we have the majority no matter what. It doesn't matter the numbers against us. As long as we have Jesus on the inside of us, we have the advantage. And when you have that perspective, when you, when you view how big God is, when you, when you have that perspective of faith, it will free you from the panic you feel. When you have that perspective of faith, it will free you from the fear that, that, that is overcoming you right now. When, when you have that perspective and you're saying, you know what, I fear God way more than I fear anything else. When you have that perspective... It doesn't matter the opposition. You say, no, my God is greater. My, my God is bigger. No, my God is more powerful. Like, you don't want to mess with my God. When you have that perspective and you understand how great and powerful he is, all that fear, all, all that anxiety, all that doubt, it has to go. It has to go. See, the, the servant was afraid. But with the right perspective, he saw he had the advantage. We always have to know that as children of God, as people who, who are the temple of the Holy Spirit, 
In every situation, we have the advantage. Every situation. There will never be a time where because you're a follower of Jesus, you're at a disadvantage. Never happen. There will never be a time that, oh, because you've given your life to Jesus, now you're not capable. There will never be a time where Jesus is, is a disadvantage. You will always have the advantage as a child of God. Will you stand with me tonight? Y'all hear what I'm saying tonight? We're going to close with Romans 8.31. Romans 8.31. This is Paul talking to Romans Roman church, the, the Roman church is telling them all these problems, all the problems they have. But as Paul began to explain, he began to wrap up in 31 when he said, What then shall we say to these things? What then should we say to that depression? What then should we say to this pandemic? What then should we say to all the crazy politics? What then shall we say to, 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 the, to the debt? What then shall we say to the fear? What then shall we say to all these things? Paul said, if God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? Paul was telling the Roman church, as a child of God, you got to change your perspective. He was telling the Roman church that as sons and daughters of God, now you have access to a perspective that the world can't offer. Now you have access to, to viewing your life in a way that the world can't. Now you can know beyond a shadow of doubt, it doesn't matter what's against me. It doesn't what, matter what the enemy's trying to do. It doesn't matter what, what is trying to aspire against us. If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? God's not surprised by your problems. God doesn't say, oh, I didn't see that coming. God didn't say, oh, this pandemic took me by surprise. God didn't say, oh, I, I didn't see, I, I, I didn't see the, the, the Delta variant coming. Oh, that's my bad. No, God sees it all. He has the perspective. He sees the big picture. He knows the beginning from the end. He knows exactly what you need to do with your life. He knows the number of hairs on your head. He knows what you, is in your future. He knows the promises and purpose of your life. And if he tells you to do something, if he's directing our steps, it doesn't matter what comes against us. Our God is greater. Our God is greater. The first viewpoint that I want us to have and to be intentional about, I don't know how many of these we'll do, but we'll do enough how many the Holy Spirit wants us to do. But the first viewpoint is this, that I want you all to have as a mindset that whenever things come against you, whenever things are, are stacking up, whenever the bills are stacking up, whenever things seems like they're about to fall, it seems like you're surrounded, I want you to think about this. If God is with me, then I already have the victory. If God is with me, then I already have the victory. No matter the battle, no matter the drama, no matter the hurt, no matter the, the pain, no matter the debt, no matter the depression, no matter anything. If God is with me, here's my perspective, world. Here's my perspective, enemy. Here's my perspective. If God is with me, then I already won. 
There's nothing you can do. There's nothing that you can try to do. There's no weapon that can be formed. There, there's nothing that the enemy can do to take away that fact that if God is for me, then I already won. You might as well not waste your breath. You might as well not well waste your time. You can't come against me and God. You can't come against God's plan for my life. If God is with me, my perspective is, then I already have the victory. We're maybe head bowed, maybe eyes eye closed. I want us to welcome in the Holy Spirit tonight. I want the Holy Spirit to renew our mind. I want the Holy Spirit to free us from this crippling perspective that we have. That our problems are too big. That the, that the illness is too big. That the pandemic is too big. That the things against us are too big. we got to remove that perspective that is poisoning us. Welcome in the Holy Spirit into this place. And just like the prayer that Elisha said over his service, that God opened my eyes so I can view things the way you view them. God, open my eyes so I can have the perspective of the kingdom. Open my eyes so I can see the promises, so I can see the purpose that you have for me. No longer do I want to be crippled by this perspective. No longer do I want to be crippled by fear. No longer, God, do I want to take steps of my life this complaining about everything, thinking how things are so much against us. God, free me from that perspective right now. Draw a circle around yourself. And say, God, right now it's me and you. And begin to be honest with God and say, God, I've been given into fear lately. God, I've I've been giving into these problems lately. I've been thinking that they're too great. I, I've been thinking, I've been thinking that's too much is against me, God. I've been giving into the wrong perspective lately. Right now, as we begin to sing together, begin to pray, begin to ask God to open your eyes. And I'm telling you right now that you will begin to feel that weight be lifted. You'll begin to feel that doubt disappear, that, that disappear, that, that confusion and go away. And God's going to open your eyes. And you're going to see the things the way that he wants you to see them. Come on, let's, let's sing together. Let's welcome in the Holy Spirit. Let's let him do what he does. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.